Hey guys, today's episode is brought to you by Romer Skincare. Based out of Chicago, Romer launched a work-from-home clean skincare line that covers all your skin needs. They prove that you do not need a million serums and eye creams to get better skin. Why we love them? Clean ingredients and effective results with just a simple three-step routine that even you and your partner can share. Right now, Romer Skincare is offering our listeners 15% off and a gift with your first purchase by using the code LISTENER15. That's code LISTENER15 on their website, romerskincare.com. No stress, no clutter. Better, just happy skin. Hey, what's up, you guys? You are listening to the She's Going Places podcast. This episode quite literally needs no introduction, but Grace Valentine sat down with me and we had the best conversation. If you don't know who Grace Valentine is, what the heck are you doing? She is the sweetest person. She's an author. She is, she'd probably hate if I said this, but she's an influencer. She's a friend. She's post-grad and she is honestly one of the sweetest people I've ever sat down and talked to. You are going to love this episode. Quick disclaimer, we had a little bit of a technical difficulty with the microphone, so her mic is a little distorted, and I'm so sorry for that. I really tried everything to make it sound better. Um, it was just honestly a technical difficulty, but the substance of the episode is still so amazing, so please, 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 please forgive me and enjoy the episode. It's going to be great. All right. Well, I'm here with Grace Valentine. And do you want to introduce yourself for those who don't know you, which is crazy if someone doesn't know you. But oh, my gosh. Is that is so funny to say. <laughs> Not even true. Well, I'm Grace Valentine. I am 24 years old. I graduated from Baylor University in 2018. And I had started a blog while I was in college and worked for different websites that just were able to connect me with a lot of cool people. And it has been so fun for me to always write for college age girls, especially in high school and post-grad as well. And so I've loved the ability I've had to connect, but it was just all about basically being a real and relatable voice that connects young women to scriptures that isn't a picture perfect Christianity. And so that was kind of my goal. Then I published a book in 2018, during the summer, it was my first book called Am I Enough? And so that was literally the summer after I graduated college. And it was published with a publisher called Thomas Nelson, HarperCollins. And that was always my dream publisher when I was, like, trying to figure out how to get published. So I, it's just all God when I look back on it. And then, yeah, it's been cool. I sometimes travel to speak at different schools. I travel to different sororities, different groups. And it's been great to connect with my readers to my first book. And I have another book coming out in February, yes. too. So it's Available for pre-order now, and pre-orders matter so much. But, yeah, I just love giving advice. I have a podcast, too. I'm about to start season two for it. Um, and, yeah, that's that's basically, I guess, it. That was I a love good sushi. Feel. I love running. I <laughs> hated college sometimes. And so <laughs> Amazing. that's what I think makes me qualified. <laughs> yes. I love it. Okay, let's talk about your book really quick. The title of your new book is called Is It Just Me? Do you want to share a little bit about like what inspired you to write the book? What's it about? Give a little teaser. Oh, yeah. I mean, when I would go and look at Barnes & Noble books when I was younger, especially, and I would like like look at the Christian lifestyle section, I remember always looking and thinking, okay, I just need some book that relates to me. And then when I was in college, I would do the same thing. I was like, Where's the book about getting drunk? Like, <laughs> yeah, it's all, and not about, it's written by so many wise women when I go look at the sections, but they all felt like my grandma or my mom's friend. And I mm -hmm. want something real and relatable. 
And I felt like my doubts that I was struggling with and the hurt I was feeling and just the fears that I had made me feel so alone. And I realized as I started opening up to others that it's not just me. And I think that's a comment I get when I post like a mini book or a, like an encouragement on my Instagram. People will be like, I thought I was so alone. Wow, this really understood how I felt. And it would be even emotions that I wouldn't feel, but I'd meet with a young girl who's like, freshman year sucks because of COVID. I'm so annoyed. And so then I write a little post for the freshman girls and guys who are struggling. And they're like, wait, I thought I was the only one who's struggling with this. I'm like, no, we're all struggling in this world. And there's people around you who need your honesty and relatability. And there's also a savior in front of you who wants you to not feel stuck in your hurt, doubts, and fears. And even doubting God is a big part of the book, too, because I think sometimes we make walking with Jesus and hearing from Jesus and Jesus speaking to us like sound so elaborate that when you hear that from someone else, it's hard to believe that can affect you. And so that was kind of the yeah. point of the book is just for anyone who's alone. And a big thing about the book is I talk about trust issues because yes. I believe what helps us, stops us from finding real community around us and a savior in front of us is just trust issues. And we doubt everything because we have become a really realistic generation. And it makes more sense to be realistic than like holistic and look at things with a holy lens. So that's my purpose for that book. I'm really excited about it. And I know it's forever from now, but I'm hoping it will be an excuse that I can come to Birmingham, hopefully. Yes. And other places as well. Um, I'm going to be traveling a lot during that time. So I'm really excited. And that is so are basically exciting. how bookstores determine how many books they have in each shelf, which just sounds mm-hmm. crazy. But if you pre-order, it doesn't even cost you anything today, but it's real money. So don't yes. forget. Don't order like time and be like, I'm broke. I'm broke. <laughs> okay. Can you dive into a little bit of what it's like to be an author at 24? Like what is you're talking about? Like traveling for like speaking engagements and like going, to, I'm assuming book signings is what you're talking about traveling. Like, what is that like? Well, it sounds a lot more glamorous, I think, also, when I even say it out loud. I'm like, wow, that's so not – it does – I'm wearing – this is my Ikea bed right now that we're doing. Like, I I laugh because at one point, if you Googled – I found this out from people from my high school, that if you Googled my – like, I don't make – you don't make much money, honestly, through books, too, which is, like, a fun fact. Like, I'm just now start, starting to try to make my full-time career, but I still nanny. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I'm a nanny Monday through Friday, trying to, like, add things to my schedule – um, I do laundry for a family for exercise change. Like I don't have this glamorous money flowing in, yeah. but it's truly what I'm passionate about. And I would say the, I love being able to connect. And I think my age, like when I was first trying to get published, they were like, you're a little young, come back. Some publishers would even say that and the agents so come back in like a couple of years. And I'm like, no, I think people want someone relatable. Right and now. I, no, I am the biggest hot mess ever. And so I can <laughs> relate to a lot of people's messes. And so I would say it's not as glamorous as it looks. And so I have to remind myself when I talk to people, like, I, if you Google my net worth, that is such a false. I got one website down because there was a website for a while that said I was worth $14 million. And it was just like a computer generated. And it's not even true at all. It's not even close. <laughs> like, no, like, I can't even describe how it's not even close. I, like, always, before a paycheck comes in, I'm like, scrambling those last dogs yeah but it was funny because people from high school started like reaching out to me all at once and i was like why do i was like oh, all these like baseball boys when i come back in my life they want me they just know i succeeded so well and i was telling a friend she was like grace i think this website's going around right now with like all like these people i haven't talked to in years and it was like the screenshot of me saying i'm worth 14 million i'm like <laughs> like uh-huh. they do not know that being an author is definitely not that good no. but it's cool to go places and meet people and i look at girls and I'm like dude we would be friends <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you're my age you're older than me you're 
two years younger, three years younger. Right. I mean, you're probably like two years younger than me, right? Three. I am. I just turned twenty. So twenty. Oh, two years four. I'm so much older. You're so. <laughs> but I laugh because I mean, I'm like these people are my friends or my little sisters, right. yeah. and so it's kind of fun. That is so much fun. And that's just so exciting. Like, I know, even though you say it's not as glamorous, to be a published author at your age is a big deal. Oh, that's very kind to say. And I think... It is. Uh, and I think I just really felt called by the God. Even when I was 12 years old, I told my mom was going to write books. And that was when I dreamed of writing fiction books. Like, you know, like, oh my God, my love story. I had it went through a Nicholas Sparks phase. Um, and I just look back and I just felt God calling me to write a really relatable book and I kind of never took no for an answer. And so I'm a big believer that that women get told no so many times in our society when it comes to the job. Like you just can't let that no set back, like set you back. You got to let that no set you forward and remind you, you know, I can learn something from this. I remember I had an agent who said, no, I think you're too young to an experience. And I go, okay. I responded to him like, thank you. I totally respect your decision, but what can I do for my next agent that I email that I didn't do well here? And he actually gave me tips, this random agent. Then always went to email, like always be willing to learn. Don't take no. And even the agent that I have now, I laugh because his website says, don't email me if you've never been published. And I remember being like, ha bet. <laughs> and I emailed him and he like started to talk with me for like three months. And I mean, that's who helped me get published with everywhere. So that's hilarious. Yeah, I never take no for an answer. <laughs> well, what was that like going through? Because the season, something like that where you're emailing a bunch of publishers, that's just a season filled with a lot of rejection. How did you stay so optimistic that, like, no, someone is going to publish this book? Well, it's funny because I feel like when I started this process, I was so naive. I did not know how hard it was. And I would read websites that would say, the chances of you being published are so slim. And I, I never not believed that I was going to be an author. I just... And I think, though, I will say, I think a lot of people dream about being an author, but I was also writing blogs all the time. And some people won't even realize it would be my website or my articles. But I always was writing, producing in the present, and dreaming of the future. And so if you dream of being an author or doing something in any creative field, you have to be doing something in your present but still dreaming for your future. And that can be a hard place to be because – it's normally our culture says like do one or the other, like focus fully on where you are in the present, but you do need to be thinking about, okay, where do I see myself five years from now? How can I make this hobby, this calling, this purpose also be my full-time career if God's willing. And so I think some people want to be an author, but they're not willing to start a blog or start a podcast or do something in their present. And I'm not saying that it can't happen, but it helps you as a writer because the first blog post you write is not going to be your best. The first book you write will not be your best. The first podcast episode, which I'm sure you can understand, yes. will not be your best. And you have to constantly get better as a writer, creative. And so, um, wow, I don't know if I even remember the question, but... <laughs> like it, like advice, like oh, being rejection. optimistic. Yes, it's rejection. Yes, the rejection. Sorry. I would say with the rejection, I was also really young then. I just didn't believe them. If that happened today, I think I would crumble. And I think that's just growing up. And I think that's more of a sin I struggle with now, that believing rejection, which is ironic because you would think as you get more successful or publish more, that that would be like not as hard for you. But I think it's harder for me now than it was then because I had this blind faith. And that's the faith I kind of wanted to go back to, even in that second book I'm writing, because I do have so many doubts about who I am now. And I think people expect me to be this professional Christian, this perfect Christian. And I'm like, no, I'm struggling more now than I think I did with that, like the rejection and how I feel when people are mean to me than I did then. 
And so when people rejected me, then I was kind of like, bet, like, you'll hear about me one day. Like, I'll print this up and I'll put this on my wall as motivation. Um, but now I feel like I get more crumbled and I have to go to prayer more than I did then, which is also a humbling thing. Yeah. Okay, so we've been talking about her first book, Am I Enough, for those of you who maybe missed that. Second book <laughs> is coming out later. But to talk about Am I Enough, it's based on the yeah. principle that we are enough in Christ, which is something so awesome that I wish, like you were saying, like these Christian female authors are, feel so unattainable as a high school or college student. You're just like, okay, you're a successful put-together woman, and I just... <laughs> absolutely can't write I'm a girl whatsoever I'm a little girl so you need need something that stand in the gap um can you kind of dive into a little bit of what was like your motivator I know you've said like you just wanted to fill in the gap but like where you were at when writing am I enough Mm. like what was I mean what were you teaching yourself yeah and I think I was in college and I grew up going to public school in South Louisiana and that was very different than Baylor and I'm sure Stanford girls who are listening can relate to this it was culture shock for me to go from my public school where I was known as a Christian anyone from my high school Grace Valentine the Christian class president and in high school I went from being like the weird bully girl to like very more popular and I was crumbled with insecurity in both settings because okay. my senior year, I was very much struggling with an eating disorder, struggling with being perfect, the perfect Christian. And then I went to college and I was more healthy in some of those regards. Like I wasn't as just obsessed with my weight, but I was also struggling because I was known as a Christian. And so then I was in a school where like some people like when South Louisiana you could drink in high school and that didn't mean you were bad you could do like everything with guys but sex and that still meant you're approved like and so then I moved to a different school I'm like wow this is a whole different culture whole different, all this Christian religious ideals uh, and being a wife like ring by spring that blew my mind <laughs> but I think when I look back on that setting and I think that I had to experience that being like the not religious one in order to write this book so this book is very much written from a hot mess, me, in college, who's still figuring out life, who is struggling with insecurity, whether it's in look, success, comparison, even religion. Like, that comparison you get when you're like, her face is so cool. Her hands are both up during worship. And if I put them up right now, it would be fake. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of meeting you in the middle and saying, you know, that's not what you're called. Like, you don't have to be her. You do. You'll never be enough for this world. You have to give that up, and that's something I realized in college. Like, I'm not going to be enough. I will never be able to please that girl who aged me for no reason. I don't even need to try anymore. Like I can be nice, I can love her, but I don't need to sit here and waste my energy trying to make her and convince her to like me. And same with guys. And so that's a big belief of my book is kind of just focusing on the idea that we are enough in Christ, but also using relatable stories, like using my stupid frat formals that go bad or using me fainting in a bathroom. And I think because not because of dieting or anything, I really just think because of hypoglycemic, which is like mall cop pads. Anyways, mall cop. and I, like just funny stories in my life and also right. sad stories in my life to be real and relatable. And I get scared writing my own stories out there. It's funny because people think like I'm this open book and I always joke, I would rather speak on stage and tell my story and no one come up to me after and ask me questions about it. Then like sitting in a small group is more intimidating for me than sitting on a standing on a stage. And that's just the way my mind works because I don't like questions or people to share my life. And so that's, what's been cool about this is I think God's been growing me in that where I'm like, I don't need to feel guilty for talking about my life 
it's weird when your mom and grandma read it because you're like, uh, don't listen. Skip that that, Skip that that chapter. I know. And I I even had to redo one of my chapters because the first time I wrote it, I wrote it. It was a sex chapter, and I wrote it like, I'm a virgin, I'm great. Like, Grandma, mm-hmm. you see this? Like, I'm doing so good. Like, yeah. And then I was like, that is so not relatable. And that's not even, like, fully true about my struggle with mm-hmm. in that regard. And so finally I was like, you know what? I asked my publisher, can I retry, rewrite it one more time? Because I wrote it with everything I hate, like the religious perfect girl trying to please someone else. And I'm like, Grace, we totally agree, right? I'm like, you agree? You agree it's bad if you're going to republish it. <laughs> And they were so kind, and so we rewrote it. But that's probably been, like, the biggest struggle, too, in that field is just sharing your life and not being scared to remind yourself you're not writing it for your mom, your grandma. You're not writing it for success. You're writing it for that one girl who also feels as broken as you are. And this quote, be who you needed when you were younger, is a big believer of mine. And also, be who you needed when you were broken. You can preach the gospel to people older than you, younger than you, same age as you, your peer in your class, the upperclassmen in your sorority. You can preach the gospel to anyone, but just be who you needed when you were broken and you struggle with your worth. Because also, you may be not broken now, but you're going to be broken again. Like, we go through these seasons. There's no happily ever after a bippity-boppity-boo when you walk with Christ. Like, yes, you have faith inside you, but there's no Confidence isn't a magical destination, and that's kind of what I talk about in my nuts. You're not going to get to this point where you never wake up and look in the mirror and they're like, oh, crap, I don't like what I see today. You might have days like that, but you just have to know scripture and know your worth so that you, on those days, know how to fight those battles. What would your advice be for someone like that is just struggling with her lack of confidence, her insecurity, and really comparison? Yeah, I mean, I think someone told me this when I was in high school, and I've never forgotten it. It's kind of like the slap in the face. You can't change the way you look. Like, you're stuck like this. Like, you're going to have the rest of your life, you sitting here and being upset and pouting that you don't look like her will do nothing to change your work. Where, like, your looks, whatever yeah. it is. Not your work. Your work never changes. <laughs> <laughs> but you have to decide, I'm not going to waste my energy and also that sin, you wanting to change who you are and who God made you, worrying about something I can't change. And I had to be like, I'm never going to be as pretty as Gigi Hadid. You know, like, get over it. I'll never be as pretty as the guy in high school dated, who, the girl he cheated on me with. She's way prettier than me. I'm not even going to, like, try to play that game. Like, mm-hmm. it's not bad. We all have different gifts. But I would just encourage you in this moment that you can't change it. So embrace who God made you because there's a reason for that. There's a reason you have the color hair you have. There's a reason that your body shape or your, even if you try to eat healthy and work out, you can't look like her because you were never meant to look like her. And so I would give yourself that tough love and say, you know, I can't change that, but I know God has made me this way for a reason. And also go to scripture and be honest with your friends about what you're feeling because I've learned, like, I've had to tell some of my friends, like, hey, when you talk about your weight, it triggers me. And I know it doesn't mean that way. And so they were like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. And we now create this culture where we don't tear each other down. And if we're struggling, we say when we're struggling, but we don't pout about it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. How has it been with comparing as now, I mean, an influencer? I don't know if you would, like, love <laughs> to call yourself that. But as a social media influencer with yeah. a big following, what has that been like that's like a well, whole I, new level of comparison oh 100 but i lose followers when i post photos myself it's actually <laughs> the most humbling thing and it's because they, they literally they, my publisher was like okay look at what these influencers are doing and maybe like think about ways you can copy that and every time i try to post a mere pic of me like even if i do a comp like a 
giveaway. I do giveaways so my followers get something, but I don't gain many followers from giveaways. Right. The only thing I gain followers from is my work when I do many books. Mm-hmm. And so that, I like thank God for that. That my, if you look on my Instagram, you will rarely see my face often on my Instagram, like on the mm-hmm. post, especially on my story. Right. You might see me like being a fool. And I'm sure you know that you've been following me for quite some time. Yeah. But I'm thankful for that because I would struggle with that. I would very much struggle if I was like, okay, what is this outfit thing? Let the legs come in. And I've kind Let of been able to just come. I know. Like, well, what do the people want? I got to give them what they want. Um, and so I don't have to really worry about that. I mean, naturally, I am a student in Enneagram. Me too. You, know, in, in you are? Okay. That's yeah. why we're doing things like this. <laughs> <laughs> I do crave numbers and like I like seeing success in those regards and so I have to take myself away after I post and I have to remind myself like I ask girls to comment a star emoji so they can like I can pray for them because I genuinely like to see the names to remind me that like okay I can connect with this girl this girl is Julia in Wisconsin and she's asked me to pray for her and then she messaged me this and I like the ability to connect with people because it's not a number it's a girl mm-hmm. it's a girl who's reading this and found truth in it and that and I, that I can pray for not just this bulk number liking it right so that's been helpful for me in my obsession with numbers because it reminds me I'd rather hear a story than get a bunch of likes and it's hard to keep up with DMs. I've been, I tried, it's one of my biggest prayers to keep up with the connection that I have. Cause also I follow like 4,000 people back. Cause I love following people back and seeing their stories. But yeah, I mean, like I said, no one wants to see my face, but that has been the best thing for me as an influencer is knowing it's not about me. It's about one word that God has given me. Yeah. And it reminds me that I think it's easy to think in this world. Like I, I'm like a typical, like, authority girl like that's why people want to follow me and I'm like no I think they really do want to hear Jesus and they want to hear scriptures yeah. and they want real stuff they don't want to hear me give them alpha recommendations because I'm not a fashion blogger I have the worst fashion books yeah. ever <laughs> so I don't blame them how do you work in keeping that page motivated because I know for me like the at least with my faith personally, like there are seasons where it ebbs and flows. Like there are seasons where I like feel so Christ filled and I feel like so in one with him. My faith is Mm -hmm. great. But then there's also seasons where I'm just like not there, but for your followers, they need you to be consistent. So they don't need me though. Like they need Jesus. That's, that's something I have to remind myself. That's hard. It's hard to remember because it, I do get worried if I'm a girl's only faith vessel, I'm going to fail her. And yeah. I am some of that for some girls. And I would say, go, go to a church. And that's hard. I get it. In college, I like had, I had a church I would go to a lot, but I never felt like it was a community and it's easy to skirt and just rely on these faith bloggers, but you need Jesus. And I can yeah. never be that, but I can always point girls to Jesus. And on those days that's hard for me, I'm not going to post. That's my, and I don't post every day. Yeah. Like sometimes publishers will be like, you should vote every day because it does help your engagement. And as much as people think, that would annoy people. I've watched it help your engagement. Yes. But I've also decided, you know what? I can't post every day because I can't be this person I'm not. And that's why I got into this career because I didn't want to ever. And some days I'm manning. I'm babysitting. I'm hustling. You know, I don't hustling. have time. Yeah. Trying to get that dollar. Bring <laughs> that bag. What they say on TikTok. Get that bag. Um, but, I mean, I think it's important to step back in this but I also know that pressure to like be someone's cheerleader yeah but if you don't love yourself and take care of your own faith you can't take care of other people's faith or even help it because and it's not my job to be their savior and that's humbling because I want to be everyone's hero and I think we've created this narrative 
that you can be someone's hero. You can be the hero. And I can't be the hero. That's Jesus. That's what Mate says. That's up to him. So letting him be in charge of that. Absolutely. Okay. This is what I've been dying to talk to you about. The mini books. How, like, when did they start? What made you decide, okay, this is what I'm going to do on my social media? Yeah. I mean, it was funny because it was, I was in a stage where people were like, look at what other influencers are doing. And like, the frolicking of the flowers, then telling the me about Jesus. And, I'm, and I'm, I had a friend, Mackenzie, she was a photographer, so she was trying to take photos of me. I'm like, this is just not me. Like, I, I never dress this nice. Like, I, I, I never dress this nice. I don't have time. Nice. And I just started, I mean, like, if you look back to my first very many books, the graphics are horrible. Like, and I've gotten better, and now I have a friend helping me with graphics. Um, and I've hired her. Because I'm like, I want to make these cleaner for people <laughs> in my simple notes. <laughs> and it really, I don't even know where the word mini book came. It came as a joke. Like, basically, I'm writing a book. And I laugh because I also can't be the blogger who posts one quote. And people are like, oh, I can sometimes. But I think people want substance. People want to yeah. hear scripture. Content. People want yeah. content that's actually going to reach them. But I like the idea. Basically, it reminds me of my blog. But doing it on Instagram, stopping people in their tracks. It's like yes. with a scrolling and they're using social media not always for good, and you can use it for God's glory. And so I love a quote that says, a bad thing can be a good thing if it's a God thing. Social media yes. is inherently, honestly, mostly a bad thing. But it can be a good thing if it becomes a God thing. And so I want to say, I can use social media to reach people when they least expect it and relate to them by the first title being something that they can relate to. And so that's kind of where I got my heart for many books. And it's funny because... I now that's like my brand. I guess. I think yeah. some people are really smart with brand creation, and I just did it. And a couple times people liked it. And I was like, and oh, this could be my thing. Let's do and it. Now I never post photos myself. I don't have to frolic in a forest. Nope. So I'm very happy. Post. I mean, it's so true what you said though about stopping people in their tracks. Because I know, like, even from me just following you, like, you're just like scrolling, and I'm like on Autobot, and all of a sudden it pops up, and it's like, oh, let me read this, and all of a sudden you've swiped through six slides, and you're like, oh my gosh, that's like so much like truth for my day that I was not like going and seeking out because I feel like people get really overwhelmed about like quiet time, and I'm not saying this replaces quiet time by any means, mm-hmm. but people get overwhelmed being like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to sit down and carve out time for Jesus, which you do. Everyone has the ten minutes in their day, but when you're on social media wasting your time doing that and all of a sudden you bump into a mini book by grace valentine and you're just like oh shoot like this can kind of like help center my day you know so i think i I do want to reach those girls who aren't doing quiet time like i want to reach those girls who have a faith but my favorite thing about social media is that i can reach the girl who feels ostracized by the church in her area who has a horrible quote-unquote reputation that I can reach plenty of people, and I think I laugh because I'll look at some people who follow me. And I'm like, I don't think she's that active. I'm like, I love that. I'm, you're welcome to my day. It's like that. If this is what is sparking your curiosity in Jesus, then I am honored, Amazing. and I'm. It's great, and so that was kind of my prayer for them. And it wasn't as like planned with brand management as people probably would expect. Now I'm trying to be better at being that more business side. It really just came. And also, this past season was hard for me. I've gained most of my followers since March. And I got furloughed from my church job. And then I, like, finally walked away. And I was feeling, honestly, like, my lowest point. Um, Like, one thing I was called to ministry. One thing I was called to this life. And it was very hard for me. And just 
Like, and I know that sounds cheesy when you hear like an influencer say, oh my gosh, that was hard for me. But anyone who knows me personally knows that this past season has sucked, has whipped my booty in half. And it was during this season that I feel like I really branded myself on many books and focused on that. And just watching people connect with it and find at least Jesus in that five minutes that they read it has been the biggest encouragement and told me from God that like, I'm not finished with you yet. You are called to ministry. And so I'm so thankful for everyone who reads them, who comments, who asks for prayer, who messages me that I needed this so bad because what they don't know is I need that encouragement too, because I'm still 24. I'm going through crap. I'm hurt. I'm doubtful. I'm fearful. And during this season, I needed that very much so. Do you have a favorite mini book? Um, my favorite, I mean, I will say, because I was obsessed with Rush, I really do enjoy the like, doing the for Rush. But, I mean, yes. I, I think the my favorite one was before the semester because I knew a lot of college kids were thinking of it. If you think this college semester is going to suck, I think that's what it's called. I think, wait, I want to get to it now. Read this if you think this semester will kind of suck. And um, it did pretty well, but I used the scripture uh, of Daniel going into lines then. And I know that's a little exaggerated, like your college campus is a lot of lines, but it can feel that way. And it can feel overwhelming, especially yeah. during a pandemic. And so that was my favorite one to write because I was talking to a college girl I know, and she was saying, this semester sucks. I don't know why I'm driving back. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You're not going to feel that way. And I just love being able to write that. But I think that's my favorite. I really, every time I post one, though, I'm like, oh, who's going to like, Yeah. Okay, I pulled some quotes from some of your mini books. And we're going to oh, kind of cool. like dive into them a little bit. Girl, yes. I'm going to be like, did I say that? <laughs> You're going to be like, oh, that sounds pretty good. Okay. And this is probably definitely more selfish for me because I saw them. They're they're very three vibes because I saw them and I was like, oh, that's good. So I a lot of them surprising stuff, you know. Okay. So the first one, he never asked you to have the perfect resume, clean reputation, or to land the dream internship in the midst of a pandemic. He just asked you to walk faithfully even when you were in the fire. So good. I love Thank that. You. Thank you. <laughs> I think it's <laughs> I pause. Uh, I I mean like that was that's hard and I even if I'm not in college right now, that's so stuff that I need to hear because I'm a three and I have to remind myself that when I was furloughed, God didn't ask me to have the perfect job and the perfect financial stability. God did it. I, it's okay that I'm a college graduate who nanny so that I can pursue this book career, you know? And I think we get so worried and caught up about our life being a ladder and just trying to take the next step that we forget to sometimes check out the view where we are. Like we forget to be like, okay, where's God in this? And so that is what my biggest thing for college kids. The reason I think college kids get so distracted or don't have faith is because they're just so distracted with what's next. that They can't even see the blessings in the present. That when they're so focused on what they're going to be when they grow up, their internship, how are you supposed to find Jesus? And you don't rely on him. And so that's kind of where I got that idea from. I know I definitely, obviously that's why I included it, because that just like hit different for me because I know I just like struggled like during this pandemic being like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing anything with my time. Hence the podcast was born literally during COVID. I love that. That's not that funny. using something bad, really crappy for something good. Yes. Because it a God and it was all because my internship fell through and I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with my summer? I feel like such a failure. I need to do mm-hmm. something. And 
that's how this was born. And it's such a blessing. I've, and I have talked about it because there's nothing as fulfilling. Like my government internship was never going to be as fulfilling as what this podcast is. And sometimes it takes a pandemic to just rock people's worlds and just really simplify things and take it down to like, okay, what's your, like, why I know why you're doing these things. Like you're constantly wanting this ladder of next steps, but why? Mm. And I know that was definitely a huge thing no, for me. And what you said is so good, too. As in, I think a lot of us felt like we're being, and that's our American culture. We're taught, like, if we're not doing something that looks like what we expected or what was on our five-year plan, then we're off track. But if you're off track, sometimes you're exactly where God wanted you to be. And that's mm-hmm. humbling and hard because, once again, it means that you're not the conductor of that, that you can plan the best you can, but God in life is still going to slap you in the face in the best way possible. But you have to find the blessing in that and not the pity party in that. Yeah. Okay, next one. I pray you spend more days trying to change the world than trying to change who you are. I'm excited to see which ones you're going to share. Too, it, like, it takes me back. And I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I did uh, write that. Oh, uh, but, uh, no, no, no. It's just funny hearing it cause, from someone else's voice. Cause it's so, I don't think I've ever said those words aloud because I haven't spoken yet. And yes. so I hear, I hear those that were just in my mind and then on here, but I've never really, I'm not from talking to a girl. Talked about it out loud. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, that one was born from just me, I think. And this culture, even in this influencer and ministry world, I think it's easy for me not to be the perfect Christian. I'm the one who's a little, I'm a loud girl. I'm not married at 22. <laughs> I'm not your typical Instagram influencer ministry person. And I don't think I was ever called to be. I think I'm different. And so I don't need to change who I am to fit that stereotype. That's what it came out for me. I want to change the world. And changing the world means I may not be the typical Christian writer. But I look at other college girls too, and I'm, I see that I remember myself and just going to frat parties and wanting to feel accepted, even though you don't say that out loud. You're like, I want to be that cool girl who's bro, but like the boys love or like, and so I think that was just something that I struggled with a lot, but I realized my purpose is so much more than pleasing this one guy, this one girl, this one job that if I get to my deathbed and the only thing I did was please one person and what a sad life. I want to change this world. I want to leave this world better. So that's where that came from. I love that because it just helps remove you from this me focused worldview that, and I know I struggle with this where I'm just a little selfish and I'm always concerned. What's next for me? What am I doing? How are my relationships? Mm. How does my apartment look? How do my grades look? And it's just Mm. so closed off when you have the opportunity to open yourself up to do great things for Jesus. And also my relationship with the Lord is not just about me. Of course it's like personal and it's intimate, but if you're not sharing that, like we're literally as Christians Mm. called to share our faith. So I love this idea of like, stop changing who you are. God made you exactly how you're supposed to be exactly Mm. where you're supposed to be. And if you keep worrying about changing you, you have no time to think about other people. And then, and I, and it's, it's just exhausting. <laughs> it's exhausting. And I felt like that in the chapter of my next book where I talk about it, where there was this like one lady in my past work who just didn't like me. And it was the most exhausting. And I remember I'd be like, what if today, what if today, today she falls in love with me and she realizes that I am a ray of sunshine. And then I had to be like, I got to stop even caring. I, I can't control this. Like, I can't control her own feelings, the way she views me. I didn't kiss her 
your ex-boyfriend? Like, I don't know what I did to her, but I, she hates my gut, and that's okay. I'm not going to worry or plan my day around making her like me. I'm just going to, I'm just going to stand where, look at God, and I think of the scripture of where Peter's walking in water and Jesus is walking in water, but if you want to do big things, you have to look at your big God. And so he only could walk on water when he looked at God. When he looked at the winds, he began to sink. And so when we look at our lives and we look at our peers and what they think of us or even our enemies and what they think of us, our ex-boyfriends, or they say we're crazy, whatever, when we look at that, we're going to sink. But if you look for it at your God and take those steps towards him, you can do the unthinkable. You can walk on water. And so that's my encouragement for those today who feel that and who are struggling with that too. I love that. Okay, last one, because I feel like we've been talking for forever. Um, As much as I love it, I don't want to take too much of your time. So, last one. Success isn't a fruit of the spirit. Yeah, that's an Enneagram 3 vibes. Enneagram. I told you, most of these are Enneagram 3 vibes, but I saw that, and it literally, like, stopped me in my tracks while, like, going through your page. I was like, (gasps) I was like, that just hit different. It's hard for me, and I think... the fruit of the spirit are so many like love, joy, peace, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Which wow, I am such a Christian. Wow, I can recite the fruits of the spirit. I went to vacation Bible school. I, I know. I, had, I was thinking of the song. Never mind. I, I know the song growing up that we sang in my camp. Um, but and they're like I think so. Something we also forget is that they're not exclusive. You don't just have one. When you're reading Christ, you bear all the fruit. And some are easier than others for some, but there are one fruit. It's a sex, success, success, not sex. sex. Success isn't part of the fruit of the spirit for a reason, because I think we measure our lives. Like if something was successful, that's when we think it was good. And something could be so good, so filled with goodness and kindness and not be successful. You may not get any likes and you start posting content that's Christian. You may not immediately get the job and the job was a great Christian job that could have been good for you. And God never called you to be successful. And that's what sucks if you're in a three or if you just care about that, but it's also freeing because you realize it doesn't matter. It is so freeing because you look at that and you're like, okay, I'm the only one holding myself to this standard of success and mm-hmm. it's not expected of me. And it hasn't been asked of me by the only person who matters. But no, it's it is humble. It is freeing, though, like you said. It has given me the the space to fail, and I yes. think we all need the freedom to fail because our culture doesn't. Our Instagram culture doesn't talk about failing. Our Instagram doesn't say, "Man, I think the job today. What a bad day." Which, if you did that, people would probably be like, "Why are you whining?" But that's just it's freeing to know that you have room to fall. Yeah. Okay. Last section because. I don't know if you feel like this, but we've broken down the interview by author, blogger. Ooh. Oh, yeah, you know. You You're know. good at um, this. You're not <laughs> made for this, honestly. Thank you. Author, blogger, and now friend, because that's how you describe yourself. So how do you be the godly friend that someone's praying for? Like, you know how people always mm. talk about in relationships? Like, you have this, like, list of the qualities you want a boy, but you need to be that boy's yeah. list if you want. So, like, how do you do that as a friend? It's funny. I always say, like, we pray for our husbands and, like, our future spouses, but we don't pray for our bridesmaids as much as we should. That's something I very much believe in. And so many girls struggle with friendships, and I think it's because we don't spend as much time praying for those and praying for the future ones and the ones now. Um, honestly, like I said, I am 
it is so hard for me to be vulnerable. And so with my friends, I have amazing friends in my life. So some people have earned that spot, which it shouldn't be earned, but I, I'm not a trusting person. I mean, I'm, my whole mm-hmm. next book is on trust issues for a reason. I don't trust people. Yeah. And I think the more I get in this career, I feel the need to be this, like, even, like, on those hard days to, like, be the encourager. And so I don't ever want to damper anyone by saying the crap that I'm feeling. Because I'm like, oh, will, will I seem fake if I say that I'm struggling with this? Like, do I, am I still qualified to preach the gospel? Which, yes, everyone is. And so when it comes to my friends, I think if you want them to be vulnerable with you, you have to create that space where you're vulnerable too. And that's hard because sometimes I'll be like, if you hear something that your friend is going through, you're like, why didn't you tell me? And then I think, did I tell her about the crap I was going through too? That's, yeah. And it's humbling and it's a slap in the face. And so I would also encourage you, FaceTime is so important. There are certain people who've changed your life and there are certain friends you'll have in different seasons. But there are, like, my friends who were with me when I, like, was a camp counselor with, there's two I still talk to all the time, and three, honestly, and they'll FaceTime me, and I can be honest with them, and once you have that friend, don't let them go. I think we are so big about thinking, well, if they're not in our present community, we need to let them go, but no, that friendship is so important. I'm a big believer that God gave us this connection and phone and technology for a reason. If you've ever made those friends, call them out, call them, literally, physically, talk to them when you need them, because... They're there in your life for a reason. And, and I look at that post-grad world. My college friends are like that for me, like semi-roommates. And I talk to them all the time. And one actually made me moving to Orlando, which is the craziest God thing, because she grew up in Minnesota. I grew up in Louisiana. We met in Texas. And now we're both probably going to be in Orlando. And she, I know. It's just, and her husband is going to move with her, obviously, because I guess we're married. And her <laughs> baby. And so it's just crazy that that happened and that we've kept in contact. So you never know where you'll be in five yeah. years. So keep in contact with those life-changing people. And then, yeah, like I said, be vulnerable and be willing to carry them when they're going through a lot. I think so many times with relationships, we'll say it's 50-50. And there are going to be some days where it's not 50-50 with friendships. Like, you're going to have to be willing to give 90% because they are going through a breakup and they feel like crap. And you have to be, that's friendship. Friendship isn't 50-50. Friendship isn't, okay, we're both going to give, give, give like the same amount and oh my gosh you bought one meal and you owe me money and don't get me wrong i'm a Venmo request queen because i'm so broke half the time but it's also understanding that there's going to be moments when they really need you and that's not your time to be like oh they're such a bad friend but if the whole yeah. friendship is always like that then you need to check your heart and realize with the mission friend that's not a friendship that you can also go to mm-hmm. Well, Grace, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. You have just dumped wisdom on everyone for like the last hour. Dump. That, that sounds dumped. so <laughs> No, that's the best. I love it. Just, I guess it's good. No, it is good. It's just funny. I think I'm, it's I'm just a visual person. <laughs> a visual person. No, it's just been very fruit-filled, and Aww. I'm sure everyone is going to be obsessed with this episode. And also just getting to like actually hear from you. I'm sure with all of your followers, like they read from you all the time, but just Aww. getting to hear like a candid like time capsule of like you speaking, I'm sure it's going to be so special for them. That's so sweet. Well, I'm so thankful for what you're doing. And I'm thankful that not thankful for the pandemic, but thankful that it led you here because I think you're doing what you're made for. So thank you so much. Do you want to plug yourself? Tell people where they can find you. Oh yeah. Connect with me on the social media. Uh, My Instagram is at the Grace Valentine. My Twitter is at Grace V96. 
Follow me on Instagram because you also hear updates about my past book, my current book that's coming out. And like yes. I, you talked about earlier, my next book, Pre-orders Matter So Much. That's how bookstores determine how much they're going to You need to pre-order buy. this book. And so it helps me a lot. And also, you won't forget about it. And if it sells out, you'll get a copy if you pre-order yeah. If it sells out, it might have to wait a week before it prints again. So, and then my blog is www.gracevalentine.org. If you want to read all the posts from my past five years. Um just me pouring my heart out and encouraging but yeah i would love to connect with anyone send me a message if you listen to this podcast too i love trying to connect to people and so i love it all right thanks grace okay bye well that's the episode thank you so much for listening don't forget to subscribe leave a review down below and go follow us on instagram at she's going places podcast i can't wait to talk to you guys next week